pastors, but one of the jobs that a pastor is given is to preach. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. I'll show it to you from the Bible. Um, but let's first start with the word of prayer. And again, we'll ask the Lord to help us, and we'll have this short study here together. Lord, thank you again for giving us a church. I thank you for the word of God. I'm so thankful for each and every person that's here. And Lord, that you would give us a church family where we can labor together, where we can work together, and we can worship together. Lord, I ask you to help us to understand the word of God now as we talk about how we carry out the things that you've told us to do. And I pray that if there's something in here that we need to change, that you would show it to us. Lord, ultimately, we want to do what you've told us. We love you, Lord, and thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this quote is often attributed to some of the socialist dictators like Hitler, Lenin, uh, Stalin. But this quote actually predates even them, or at least the idea behind it is. Many of you have probably heard it said that if you say something loud enough and long enough, eventually people will start to believe it, right? That, that saying has been around for a long time. Um, and at the very end of it, what you see is preaching. That, that's what that is. If you proclaim something, if you herald something, and if you continue to perpetuate those thoughts, then that's eventually going to gain traction or at least speed. And at the very least, people will begin to know what's being said, whether they agree with it or not. That's the whole point behind preaching. Let's say you have something that's true. And this thing that is true is a matter of life or death. And the person that knows it never shares it. How's anyone going to know? The idea is one person will go and share with others. Then they will go and share with others. Then they will go and share with others. And at the root of that, one of the ways of sharing that knowledge is preaching. One of the descriptions of that word would be to herald. Right? A, a guy that would stand on a street corner and he would proclaim things and he would herald. He's talking to a crowd of people. That is at the root of preaching. So we see that this is something that happened all through the Bible. I want to just start with that. Um, let's first do this, though. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 121. 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter number 1, verse number 21. First Corinthians chapter number one, verse number 21. We're only going to be here for a minute, and then we're going to jump over um, to the Old Testament. I'm going to show you a lot of other people that preached. But this is something that the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, has told us to the church at Corinth. First Corinthians 1.21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Man, the foolishness of preaching. Not necessarily the very act of preaching, but what was being preached. Man, they were preaching Christ. And they were preaching that Jesus Christ came, he was born, he lived, and he died, and he was the Messiah. At this time, that message was not something that was very well received. The Jews, talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, they didn't want to hear that. Especially the Romans, they didn't want to hear that because they were supposed to be taking over the known world. They didn't want to believe there's another king coming. Nobody wanted to hear that. It's foolishness. But that's how God chose to do it, was for that message to be preached and to be taught and to be perpetuated. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take you on a brief walk through history. I'm going to show you people throughout the Old Testament here in the New Testament as well that preached even though they were not pastors. They still preached. Uh, let's go to Jonah 
You guys know the story of Jonah? Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. One of the harder books to find. Jonah. One of the things that we remember about Jonah is, of course, he was a prophet. He was one of the, obviously, the Old Testament prophets. And the thing that we remember about Jonah is that God said, Jonah, you're supposed to go to Nineveh, and you're going to tell all those people that they're full of wickedness and that they are going to die if they don't turn from their wickedness. And Jonah said, no. <laughs> he turned around and went the other way. And then he got swallowed by a big old fish. And that fish came and puked him up on the ocean. Then Jonah said, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he went. But look at the very first command that Jonah was given. Jonah chapter number 3, verse number 2. Or I say the very first command, the, the main command he was given. Arise, Jonah 3, 2. Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. All right. Jonah wasn't even going to a church. He was just said, he was just told, Jonah, go to that city and you preach to them people. I mean, you, you gather a crowd, you get together whoever will listen, but those people need to hear, so you go and preach to them. Jonah, you are going to be my herald. You are going to go declare to everyone that will listen the word of God. So Jonah was a preacher. Then we can go to Matthew chapter number four. So I showed this to show you the prophets were. Now here in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, still under the Old Covenant though, Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 17. This kind of goes along with what we're talking about in our main services. Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to save repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand so man jesus himself he was a preacher he would get together crowds of people and he would herald he would declare the message that was ultimately his and he would tell people those things so jesus was a preacher the prophets were preachers uh, i'll go over to chapter or acts and I'll, I'll flip there acts chapter number 20 verse number seven i'll read this one really quick for the sake of time Acts chapter number 20, verse number 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. I, something jumped out of me when I read this. Can I share this with you really quick? The disciples had been traveling around with Jesus for a few years, and they watched Jesus die. And now all of a sudden, this new guy, Paul, shows up and starts preaching to them. It's kind of a weird dynamic when you think about it. Anyway, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul went and he preached to the disciples. So, man, now you get Apostle Paul. He was an apostle. He wasn't a pastor. An apostle, but he preached. He heralded the message of God's word. And then we could go on and then, well, look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 2. And we'll stay here for a little bit. I do want you to turn with me to this one if, you, if you're able. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four, verse number two. This was a command to Pastor Timothy. 
through the inspiration of God's word written by Paul. Verse number one, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. There it is. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So, pastors also preach. It was commanded to Pastor Timothy, preach. What do you preach? You preach the word. So, I said that to say this. The surface umbrella idea of preaching is just to herald. You are proclaiming a truth. And the proclamation of the gospel is what keeps this whole thing going. Let me ask you this. If today were the very last day that any sermon was ever preached, all preachers just stopped, how quickly do you think the message of God's word would just die? Probably pretty quick. At least, at least I would hope that there would be people that would start deciding to be soul winners and going and telling their neighbors and brothers and sisters and that kind of stuff. But as far as the, as far as the, the social part of it, everyone knowing that there is a God, that would start to die pretty, pretty quick. That's why this idea of preaching is so important. There have always, throughout history, been people preaching, though not necessarily pastors. Possibly, Lord willing, I'll do a message through one of these series of what a pastor is. Because a pastor has a very specific job, he has very specific duties, and the Bible says that every man is not qualified to be a pastor. There's actually specific qualifications there. Um, I know men, plural, men, many men. Uh, I say many. A any of them is too many. I know men that were at one time pastors that have disqualified themselves from now being a pastor. In, in the eyes of God, they are no longer qualified, and that's incredibly sad. So there are certainly qualifications, and maybe we'll go through that in a few weeks. Um, so we know that preaching, that is what continues the truth. That is how truth continues to be known, is through preaching. It is a public platform. Uh, let's do this. I'm actually going to skip a couple of notes and go into this since we're already here. We're in 2 Timothy 4.2. Let's talk about how preaching is done. What is true preaching as it relates to God's word? It is wrong for a person. Yes, he may be preaching just by the simple fact that he's yelling, but he's not preaching the word. Okay? The Bible says specifically we are to preach the word. So how do I do that? He gives us a few descriptions in verse number two. Be instant in season, out of season. Hey, Timothy, there's going to be a time when preaching comes easy and there's going to be a time when preaching's hard. It doesn't matter when that is. You need to be instant. You need to be accurate and you need to be ready to preach whenever that time comes. So when your message falls on good ears, keep preaching. When God's message falls on bad ears, in the sense of no one wants to hear it, you need to keep preaching. It doesn't matter who hears it. What matters is that it is known. Again, you look at the guy, Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you need to go preach to these people. And when you do, no one's going to hear you. No one's going to hear you. But I'm sending you to go preach anyway. Why? Because whether they listen or not, it's irrelevant. The fact is, he was told to preach. So, a true preacher, this idea of preaching, it needs to be instant, in season, out of season. There is never a time when preaching should cease, no matter the culture that it is in. We're also specifically supposed to preach, um, let's continue on.
be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. So there's a few things that we're going to do. We're going to reprove and resort. We are going to show things to people that will cause them to realize they are doing wrong. And we're going to call to remembrance the things that are absolutely true, how someone should live and how someone shouldn't live. That's why... Remember our message today when, when a person that has things that are pure, all things are pure? There's going to be a time when some people that they have that purity of Jesus Christ, they have the lens of purity when they know something just isn't right. Well, they may be sitting in a church service. They may be listening to a preacher. And, I, and I've actually been there. I've done this. I've been sitting in and listening to a preacher and go, something's not right. Something's not right. And, and it, it may even be a thing where it's just a simple disagreement. We'll talk about things that are simple disagreements here in just a minute. But I'm talking about things that are of such weighty doctrine when someone says, yeah, Jesus Christ is not the son of God. He was just a good teacher. Go, Whoa, hang on, man. You're preaching something. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says Jesus is the son of God. I'm going to die on that hill. That, that is an important thing. Or when I start to hear things where someone says, when they take the things of God's word and they just kind of hide it away, so the simple fact that everyone hears will be pleased with them. There is a group of people in the Bible that says they have itching ears. And what they do is the preachers that are actually telling the truth of God's word, this group of people will shun them and will put them away, and they will go hire other people. Not hire. I'm talking about people for hire. They will hire them to preach to them so that they'll just say whatever they want to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, a real preacher of the gospel... He does not hide behind people's feelings. What he does is says, you know what, this is what the Bible says. And it's not whether I like it, it's not whether you like it, it's not where anyone agrees with it. This is what the Bible says. So I've got to tell it to you. And folks, that's something that's becoming unpopular. And can I say something? There's even been times where I have seen things in the Bible that are hard to preach. And the hardest things for me to preach are not the things that's going on out here. And I'll tell you, when I see, because you've heard me talk about these, when I see things like abortion, and when I see things like homosexual marriage, and I see things that are happening in uh, homosexuality in general, when I see things that are happening that are absolutely blatantly wrong, I have no problem saying, hey, here's what the Bible says, that's wrong. You know what the hardest thing for me to preach is? Is when I know it's sin that I see in my own life and the lives of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are hard. Because I know those are going to hit home. And yeah, and what I have to remember is, it's not me, it's the book. I am just the messenger showing people what the book says, and that's, that's what we all have to remember. Preaching has to do with reproving and teaching and instructing. And he says this, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, verse number two. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. This is something I thought was pretty interesting. I heard not long ago that for the average person to actually learn something, he has to hear it three times. Uh, at least I, I think that was number three. It might have even been five. But he has to hear something at least three times. One of the things that we see with this is we need to be instant with the gospel with all long-suffering. Um, I'm, I'm not asking you to raise your hands. But I've, I've heard people ask this before and seen people answer it. How many people do you think get saved the very first time they hear the gospel? Most of the time, that's actually pretty rare. Yeah, most of the time, 
actually, if you go and do a poll and you were to go ask people in the community, hey, who is Jesus? Oh, he was that guy that died on the cross. Yeah, why did he die on the cross? Well, didn't he like die for sins or something? Most of the time, people know that. But the idea is not just, okay, you say it once, hey, now we're done, hands, hands off. No, it's with long-suffering. You continue to preach, you continue to teach, and it's always onward and forward. And without that, it would, it would seem to cease. So we do it with all long-suffering in this. Here's that last word, and boy, this word's important. Doctrine. Doctrine. Ladies and gentlemen, doctrine just means simply this, the truth. You just preach the truth that's in God's word, the teachings of God's word. It is not my job. It is not my job to preach a motivational speech. It is not my job to do something and say, hey, man, I just want to fire your rockets this week and so you can go home smiling from ear to ear. Can I tell you something? Some of the most impactful messages in my life that I have ever heard I walked out of church weeping. And it, it may not have even felt good, but I want to tell you they changed my life for the good. And that's what the preaching ought to do. It ought to be something that affects us, and it's that doctrinal truths. I can't just stand here and say things that's going to make everyone feel good. It is the doctrine of God's Word. That's what I preach, God's Word, nothing else. And so with that, yes, sometimes I'll use examples. I mean, Jesus used parables. Yes, sometimes we'll have different lessons that come with it, but it's all geared towards the message of God's word. So how is preaching done? We need to call people to things to remember. charge people to do things. Something else that he was told to do. When you look at uh, 2 Timothy, he was told to rightly divide the word of truth. To rightly divide the word of truth. So it's almost like you're going to take this and you're going to dissect it. Hey, what, what is each individual word saying? What is he, what is he getting at with this? I'm going to ask you to turn with me over to Nehemiah. I'm going to show you another preacher because I'm running out of time. i got like 10 minutes. Nehemiah chapter 8. <laughs> if you're familiar with this, um, you say, oh, preacher, you're still going back to the Old Testament. Yeah, but we're going to talk about traditions. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm going, to, I'm going to read a few verses to you. And as I'm reading this, I want you to ask yourself, how many of you would have been able to be in this spot? Okay. As we read through it, think to yourself, put yourself in this service. Can we call it a service? It's not really a church service. Yeah. You'll read it. Picture yourself here. Nehemiah 8.1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord hath commanded Israel. Hey, bring out the Bible. We want to hear from it. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood which he hath made for the purpose. And beside him stood, I'm going to try these names, 
Mattiah and Shema and Ananiah and Uriah and Hilkah and Messiah, Messiah, I want to say Messiah, Messiah, and on his right hand, Mishael and Malachi and Hushum and Hashbadana and Zechariah and Meshalom. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then all those men that I read. I'm going to go try again. And the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. Now, here's the picture. The people were hungry for God's word. There was this massive crowd that gathered out in front of the gate of the city, and they said, hey, Ezra, go get the book of the law. Read it to us. And the Bible says that he brought out the book of the law, which was the first five books of the Bible. They brought it out. And then now here's this guy. He, the Bible says he builds a pulpit of wood, which I think today is kind of a traditional thing that we have a pulpit. It's very practical. I can put my notes and stuff on it. But the Bible says he built a pulpit of wood, which he also says he stood on it. Maybe it was more of a platform. Either way, he had something that he stood on that lifted him up above everyone else. And he was there, and he opened the book of the law, and the Bible says he read it. He wasn't, he wasn't just, you know, using good examples and preaching. He was reading the Bible, and he read it from morning until midday. How many of you could stand out in the hot sun for like five hours listening to a guy read? I... I'd probably make it about 20 minutes, you know, and maybe that's a difference of our culture, but they were hungry for God's word, and he read to them. The Bible says that then there were these extra priests. They started walking throughout the crowd. Hey, is there something you need help understanding? Is there some way that I can help explain this to you? And they were explaining the message to these people, and then the Bible says that he, the, as he read, he stopped, and he bowed, and he blessed it, and they prayed, um, publicly that they prayed and the people all said amen and the people they bowed their heads together and also says they lifted their hands there's a thing with all that so some of these things are somewhat traditional that we bring over to today there's still a man preaching we still publicly read god's word as we're supposed to we still have the what we call this the pulpit lectern whatever they were saying he stood on it but the guy was still lifted up as he was speaking to all the people so there's a very good example. The worship of God's word was done in a mass setting where one man was heralding the, God, the word of God to the people. Preaching. Preaching. So then we're going to look at this. And then I'll end with this one because we're out of time. Let's also go to Romans chapter number 10, verse 14. Romans 10, 14. Romans 10, 14. Again, I'm going to start with verse 13, but 14 is our main verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Love that verse. But verse number 14 makes that verse that much more sad. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The question has been asked. And there's, there's no answer to this, I don't think, from the Bible. But the question has been asked. 
why are there still so many people around the world that have never heard the name Jesus Christ? And then the question would be, I guess the logical next question to ask is, well, has, has God stopped calling people? Has God stopped telling people to go witness? No, I think that's the wrong question. The right question is, have people stopped going and preaching? That's probably the right question. How many people has God called to go preach and they've, like Jonah, said, I don't really feel like doing that right now? Or I wonder how many people has God wanted to call, but maybe they're not even listening to see if he would call them. So ladies and gentlemen, I love the verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But at the end of it, how are they going to call on the name of someone that they've never heard? And how are they ever going to hear their name unless someone goes and preaches to them? So how has God ordained that people get saved? By hearing through preaching. And that's not necessarily always meaning in a church service. Anybody can go and anybody can preach to anyone. You can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to be a pastor. You can be a missionary. I know men that are not qualified to pastor, but man, they preach every chance they get because they still love God. So, yeah, the idea of preaching. Why is it that we spend so much time on the preaching of God's word? Because, man, why else are we here? That's what we do. We preach. We teach. What did the apostles do? They preached. What did the prophets do? They preached. What did, what did the disciples do when they learned? They went and they preached, and they helped Jesus do his thing. What did Jesus do? He preached. So we come to church. We have preaching so we can learn. And then when we learn, we go and share the good news with others as well. It's the preaching of God's word. So, yes, we sing. Love the singing. And, yes, we have times where we, we pray together. Love to pray. And, yes, we fellowship. Man, love the fellowship. But, really, we don't have much if we don't have the preaching. So, folks, anyway, we're done. We're, we're out of time. Let's bow for prayer. And let's understand this. Let's remember that God has ordained the preaching. It's the preaching and teaching of God's word is what perpetuates the gospel. Our Lord, thank you for giving us such a good day in the house of God. Lord, there's no other place I'd rather be than to be worshiping with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank you for the opportunity to come here where we can spend time together fellowshipping and where we can worship together. I pray that you would give us all opportunities to preach as the time arises. Lord, there's so many around the world that haven't heard your name. Maybe there's even someone here you'd want to send around the world to preach. I don't know. But Lord, I do ask you to help us to look for those opportunities to share the gospel. Lord, I ask that you'd bless us now as we get ready to leave. Until we can come back together next week, I pray you'd help us to look for these opportunities. As we learn today about purity, I pray you'd help us to stay pure. Keep our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts pure. May we bring every thought into subjection. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all you do for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for listening so well. And, man, if there's ever anything we can do for you, let us know. We love you. And we're dismissed.